the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, come with me to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Somebody say they have a good reward for their labor. Two are better than one because they have what? A good reward for their labor. Somebody say two are better than one. Okay, now for if they fall, one would lift up his neighbor but woe to him who is alone when he falls for he has no one to help him life is such that there are times where you don't plan to fall but you can fall nobody plans in life to fall but sometimes we do fall in life and when you fall and the relationships around you cannot support you stand on your feet you are doomed for life that's why it's important that we are mindful and we are careful how we deal with relationships around us. Relationships are very, very foundational. The Bible says, For if it woe unto him who is alone when he falls. Solomon was not just talking about marriage. He was talking about relationship and relationships in general. Though in our teaching we'll be narrowing on marriage and be extending it to other things. But when you generally learn to relate with people well, marriage becomes a, a, an extension of that. I learned how to relate to my wife well by learning to relate to ladies generally well. When I was on campus, we had a team of executives who were six in CCF. And then I happened to be the president when I was in final year. And we still had two ladies on the board. And sometimes when we are going somewhere and the ladies are entering, I'm the president of the, the fellowship. But I'll open the door for them. And I was just learning, consciously training myself. So there are things that when I do for my wife, it's not something that is special to her. It's something that I'm used to. And if you're a single person, you need to learn it early. Most of us wait to get into committed relationship before we learn some things. If you're a lady, you must learn to be respectful to every guy. Every guy. It shouldn't be difficult for you to respect your husband if you generally respect men. Yeah. A woman who does not respect men generally would have a difficulty submitting and respecting her husband. Because the husband is just one microcosm in the pool of men. So, 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 so important. So, so, so important. The Bible says, Woe unto him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. A threefold cord is not easily broken. Amen? Okay. Now, come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 28. 1 Corinthians 7, 28. But if you do marry, you do not, you have not sinned. If a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. Turn to your neighbor and say, marriage brings troubles. Yeah, most of the time when we are thinking about marriage, we don't think about this. We usually think about honeymoon. We think about all the excitement. We think about holding our hands and walking towards the aisle and all kinds of things. But there is one aspect of marriage people don't think about, and that is the troubles marriage brings. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is Apostle Paul. He was speaking honestly. And when we talk about trouble, we are talking about trouble in the flesh. We are not talking about spiritual trouble. We are talking about troubles in the flesh. Marriage will trouble you. Marriage will test you. It's a test. It's a test. It's a test. And there are many tests. 
Next weekend, you join us. Yeah. Congratulations in advance for the first phase. Amen. Yesterday, I heard them say white wedding. It's not a white wedding. It's a Christian marriage. It's a Christian. Uh, you are coming for the Lord's blessing. There's nothing like white wedding. Yeah. And in our context, too, what we did is not engagement. It's marriage. Uh-huh. Yeah. What we did yesterday is a real marriage. That's not after that. If yesterday, if you had decided we should pray for you there and do it, everything would have finished. If I right now, you are married. You can kiss her free. You are married. <laughs> yeah, she's married. There are a lot of things that we need to redefine. Yeah, because marriage is not a church thing. Marriage is a, a, a customary, a traditional thing. When we become Christians, the word of God guides us. There were people who were married before they got born again, and there are people who marry when they are born again. So it's very, very important that we appreciate that. Okay. He says, if you marry, you have troubles in this flesh. Amen? Amen. Okay, so that's why we are looking at building strong and healthy relationships. And we are saying that healthy and strong relationships don't just happen by themselves. That's why we are saying we are building. We build it. We build it. You build it. You intentionally build something. In a building that is not intentionally built cannot stand. When you are building and you know what you are building, if you are building a three-bedroom house, the foundation is different. You take time to lay any foundation because you don't need a strong foundation for a three-bedroom. But if you are building a skyscraper, the foundation has to be different. A building demands intention. Somebody say intention. intention. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Jesus was speaking in John chapter 14, verse 28. He said, for which of you intending to build a tower... Which of you intending to build a tower, seated not down first and count the cost? Luke 14, 28. Which of you intending to build a tower, seated not down first and count the cost? Somebody say count the cost. Say count the cost. Yeah. When we sit down and we count the cost of what we are doing, some of the adrenaline will drain down. When you sit down and you count the cost of what you are going to, the fact that you are going to be living with someone who is not like who is different from you all the rest of your life. The fact that you are going to raise children and take care of them and raise them up to become godly people is a huge responsibility. Most of the time, when we think deeply about marriage and the responsibility and the burden it brings, it will make us sober rather than all that excited. Praise the Lord. It's not to kill anybody's excitement, but it's important that our mind is drawn to a sense of responsibility. Uh, a survey was done, a statistic, many years ago, and it revealed that one, the top most reason why most relationships, marriages, don't stand is a lack of commitment. Somebody say a lack of commitment. A lack of commitment. In our minds, we think that maybe it's insufficient sex. It's insufficient that we'll touch about a few of them. But the primary reason why most relationships fail is a lack of commitment. And we need to know what we are committing to. Most people don't know that when I say I do, I'm committing my life to you till death do us part. And so I have to think about who. I have to know the person I'm going to make that kind of commitment to. That becomes the foundation. Who are you going to make that kind of commitment to? Because if you make that kind of commitment to the wrong person, it's going to be very difficult. Marriage by itself is already difficult. So if you get wrongly hooked up, your difficulties are double. All right? So we said that there are many things I could talk to you about if you want to look at building strong and healthy relationships. I could give you pillars of healthy relationships. But I have realized that one major reason why a lot of relationships fail, lack of commitment being a part, is our inability to resolve differences that we are confronted with in the relationship. Every relationship will present to you challenges. Every relationship. There is no relationship we will come face to face with that will not present you with challenges. Your relationship with your parents, at a certain stage, it comes with challenges. Father-son relationships. There's a way you relate to your child when the child is young. There's a way you relate to the child when the child is a teenager. At the teenage stage, if you don't manage the challenges that come well, you can lose your child. And so it's always important that we understand that in all relationships, 
There are times where your relationship with your fellow believer can be strained. Somebody will borrow your money and may not be able to honor it at the time you both agree that the money should be delivered. And if you don't take care, that whole relationship can be marred. Am I communicating here? And so it's important that we appreciate that relationship presents the call to relate is actually a call to deal with challenges and resistance. And we need to know how to deal with them very, very well. Scripture speaks to relationships a lot. Okay? So we said that our ability to build strong and healthy relationships is largely dependent upon our attitude towards conflict and how we resolve them. Somebody say conflict, conflict. and how you resolve them. All right? Your attitude towards it. A lot of people have a poor attitude towards conflict. There are those who avoid it by all means. And so they live in the relationship and they bottled up things. They are dying inside or they are dead inside. They bottle up things. They have never gotten the opportunity to express themselves. And the day they fully express themselves, the marriage is over. The relationship has ended. If you are in a relationship or you are Dating someone and you find it difficult to freely express yourself, be very careful. You have to be able to express yourself to some degree. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Because if he's not yet married to you and you can't tell him your mind, not that negative mind, but your mind about an issue, then it can be problematic eventually. Because once you are locked in with the ring, it becomes very, very different altogether. So it's very, very critical that we appreciate that. Now, last week I said that conflicts are inevitable. Somebody say conflicts are inevitable. Yeah, it originates from Satan. We said that all conflicts have their source in the devil. Satan is the principal source of all conflict. Conflict do not just begin on earth. It began in heaven. The Bible said there was war in heaven. And then angels fought and they displaced Satan. And when they displaced him, he couldn't find any other place to be than on earth. And on earth, we are in charge of the earth. The Bible said, the heavens are the laws, but the earth has it given to the sons of men to possess it. So, Satan is down here with us. And when he came into the garden, we have trouble there. Eve and Adam were very fine until Satan entered. And when we give Satan a place in our homes, that's what last week I said. When we allow Satan's space around us for the new creation, for the new believer in Christ... Satan has no place around you. Somebody say, Satan has no place around me. Other than the place I give him. Yes, Satan. That's what the scripture says. You are raised and you are seated far above principalities and powers. The Bible said, neither give place to the devil. Give me Ephesians 4, 27. He said, neither give place. Somebody say, neither give place. Yeah. The Bible said there was war in heaven and there was no more place for the devil up there. When he came on earth, he has gotten, he's still looking for space. I told you last week, Satan is looking for space. That space will not be in your relationship. That space will not be in your home. And scripture has equipped us with all the tools that can give Satan, keep Satan away from us. Prayer is one of such. He said, watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. In other words, watch and pray so that Satan does not take advantage of you. In as much as possible, Satan dwells in an atmosphere of confusion. Where there is uh, confusion, that's where he thrives. God is not the author of confusion. So who is? Somebody must bear the responsibility of confusion. So if you are the kind who loves uh, attacks and uh, every time battle... All that kind of thing. You, you create an atmosphere for Satan to thrive. Okay. So we looked at those things. And today I want us to look at James chapter 4 verse 1. He says, where do wars and fights come from? Where do wars? Somebody say, where do wars, where do wars? and fights come from? Where do wars and fights come from? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Where do wars come from? I'm looking at sources of relational conflict. Where do wars come from? Where do wars come from? Where do wars come from? There are two main causes of relational conflict, and this is the broader view. Most relational conflicts are caused by two main things. One is differences in values. Somebody say differences in values. 
differences in values, and two is unmet expectations. Unmet expectations, differences in values, and unmet expectations. When we talk about values, they are values. Values simply talks about things you value, things you care deeply about, things that forms the basis of your choices. Those are values, 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 values. Every man, no matter how small he is, cares about deeply about his ego. It's just manly. It's masculine. For a man to... You can sometimes, when you see a little child display anger, it's about their ego. That's it. Yeah, it's about their ego. Every woman, no matter the temperament they may have, it may just limit it to some degree, but women fundamentally are wired emotional. Uh -huh. So when you are speaking and you just think that you are just speaking, you are killing her inside without knowing. So our values sometimes can be a major source of conflict for us. Women and men differ in the things we value and we appreciate. Women differ. Men differ. The things we care about, the things we cherish differ. There are four things that shape our values in life. Number one is our home upbringing. Where were you raised? Where were you raised? The kind of home you were raised in will affect what you value and cherish. If you were raised poor, most likely, when you see money, you'll be overprotective of money. Am I communicating here? Yeah. A poor man who has seen money. Hey, I must not lose a dime. And if you are marrying somebody who has also seen money before and was raised in money, if they needed anything, it was paid for. If they needed anything, it was made available. And you have moved from your poverty and you have come to marry this kind of person. Your values are too different. And if you don't learn to relate well, you don't learn to understand each other well, it can be a source of contention. So somebody says, oh, my, as for my husband, he doesn't let me see money. Yeah, my husband is over controlling of money. We don't eat. How can we be married for this in six months and we have never eaten out? Your values. Because you were, you were raised, you were never taken in to any restaurant to go and eat. That's your upbringing. Even getting food to eat in the house with chicken is only at Christmas. That's the kind of atmosphere you've been raised in. And this one lives on chicken every day. No, no, it's, listen, sometimes it's amazing the kind of things that breaks homes. Simple, simple things. But the root cause is what we are dealing with. Values. Values. The Bible said, train up the child the way you go. When he's old, he shall not depart from it. It's always important. If you are raised, for, for instance, from a compound house, a compound house, and somebody was raised, let's say Pastor Pei, who was raised from an university campus, and they live in their quarters somewhere, and you were raised from Moshizongo. Moshizongo is a place where we all play together. We are, we, are, we are in the dust together. That kind of, listen, we go fishing, we do all kinds of things. When you come together, can such a person and that person marry? Yes, they do marry. Because the kind of person sometimes love will take you to go and meet. <laughs> so you see, most of the time the people who fight in relationship it's not that they don't love themselves though. they love themselves and sometimes they are concerned about the same thing but they are looking at it from different angles while you are thinking about, okay let's go and chill he's also thinking about getting a house for you and the family it's the same thing doesn't the wife want a house? she wants a house but she also wants to chill. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So how do we reconcile the two? That's what it is. So that's one. Our upbringing, our values are also shaped by our education. And sometimes the higher you go, the way it influences your values. Education, whether it's formal or informal. Some people are privileged to go to school. Others are not privileged to go to school. But even though they've not been to formal school, they have learned and associated with people, so they've acquired certain values. Very, very critical. The Bible said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's why when you are looking for who to hang out with, you have to look at somebody who reasons at your level. Have someone who reasons at your level. Pastor, must I not come down? You can come down as long as you can deal with the problems that coming down will bring. 
Yeah, because I don't know, my wife cannot think at my level. Well, when you were dating her, didn't you see she wasn't reasoning at your level? So, that's key. And then our spiritual beliefs, our spiritual beliefs, and this is usually shaped by the kind of church we attend. You see, there is a kind of church when you attend, if you school, you are school in a particular church for five years, six years, it shapes your values. That's why it's not in the church you should just uh, go in and sit down. Yeah. I've dealt with issues where the woman sees everything as a work of Satan. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's because he has been shaped to think that everything that is coming against them, it must be the devil. So prayer is the solution to everything. If there is sex problem, it's prayer. If there is food problem, it's prayer. Every problem is a prayer problem. That is a foolish woman you are dealing with there. Because life is not all about prayer. God says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Sometimes you are speaking wrongly. Your, your fully speaking is causing you more problems than your prayer problems. Am I communicating here? And if you are raised in an atmosphere where everything is demonized, everything is seemed to be solved by prayer, that's how you've been raised, you've been taught. It can be a problem. If you are also coming from a place where everything is made to be believed that is principle, 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 and you don't believe in the power of God to make a difference, that can also generate into problems. That's why sometimes two Christians marry and they have problems. Why? Because they have different views. They look at things from different uh, beliefs. That's why it's very, very important. If you are getting married, you are marrying a Christian, but... Most times it is you are better of marrying a Christian who believes what you believe. If you believe in the principle of tithing and the person doesn't believe in it, it can be a source of problem. Now he says, oh, I don't mind. When you marry, I'll let you freely tithe. But when you marry and finish, and he sees that 10% going, which is not much anyway, yeah, 10% is not giving. I'm not communicating here. Yeah. But once he sees that people who, feel, who believe that every, every amount, you, I mean, values are so foundational. Praise God. Yeah. There are people who, who believe that when somebody is in need, we must help. They are so compassionate. But there are people who think that, oh, whatever anybody is dealing with is their own laziness. And uh, so why you want to help? He doesn't see things from that perspective. And it can be a source of contention. Amen? Amen. Of course, this one is, uh, is another area. And uh, uh, <laughs> this one is personal preferences and temperament. Personal preferences, which usually is shaped by temperament. Personal preferences. You see, we, we all prefer different things. There are some people, uh, they like hot colors. Hot, when they appear, you must know them. From hot color to hot perfume, a man, when he appears, the perfume he is wearing is like that of a lady. There are men who actually like ladies' perfume. Yeah, because it makes them uh, appear in a certain way. Am I communicating here? Yeah. It's all temperament. And when you see that kind of a thing... <laughs> And you don't check it out. I like what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 13. He said, accept the way God does things. For who can straighten what he has made crooked? Somebody say, who can straighten what God has made crooked? You see, there are things that can never be changed by a person. And maybe as part of resolving conflict, by, by the grace of God, I'm able to get to that area of the teaching. I would teach you about some things you have to learn to accept that as long as I'm married to uh, Pastor Champon, I'm going to live with it. 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 It's scary, eh? Yeah, yeah but that's what it is. That's why I said marriage will bring you trouble. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to tell, there are some things you have to live with. Like for instance, if you, if you marry a man who snores, How long are you going to be fighting your husband over a story? Please take your seat. How, how long? And I tell you, that can generate into a problem from honeymoon time. The first night, 
oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Who is this lion in the room? <laughs> Take your seat. There are things that can change. I think it's uh, St. Francis or so. He said, Lord, give me the grace to change the things I can change and to also adapt to the things I can change and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, to know the difference. You, know? you see, there are simple, simple things that makes a couple happy and a couple unhappy. Simple, simple things. The challenges most marriages face are the same. By and large, they are the same. Every marriage goes through the same challenge. In fact, let me tell you this. One research I also read about marriage says that most of the challenges that people face and they, they are forced to give up the marriage, if they were able to endure for the first four years, they will break through. Endure for the first four years, they will break through. They will break through. And the word endure is even one word they don't like to. Our generation is a very interesting generation. We don't like endurance. You know, but you see, our parents' generation is a generation that understood endurance. And we see it from the wise sayings. Where those of you are online, if you don't understand English, understand chief, pardon me. But that's what it is. Because a good season will come. But this is a generation that understands only a good season. The season must be good all the time. All the time. So you can see a couple doing so well. And uh, when there's a little challenge with finances, come and see the woman has changed. Fine woman. She has changed to something else. Because now the money does not flow like it used to. Now things are not working like they used to. But the person has forgotten that it is a phase and it will come to pass. COVID came and people were wearing masks. Has it not come to pass? Things come and they pass. And if you don't change your attitude, by the time they pass, you are passed with them. So we need to uh, make sure that we learn about each other's temperament. You need to know. You have to understand your spouse's temperament. Because if you don't take care, that alone can make you unhappy the rest of your marriage. Yeah, but if you understood that my wife, she's just somebody who is melancholic and everything that you put there must be put there. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I put this iPad here. Don't shift it. Don't shift it. Because if you shift it, you will create problems for me. And sometimes if you understand that your wife, because of her makeup, her natural makeup, that, that, that's the type that has not been, and when I'm talking about your temperament, I'm talking about your raw self. Let's say you are not born again, your raw self. And even if you are born again, but you are not spiritually mature, your raw self. The people who have a difficulty telling which temperament they actually have are people who have matured. In the things of the Spirit of God. Because as you mature, you want to bring your life into alignment with the nature and the life of Christ. And if you bring your life into alignment with the nature of Christ, you are conformed to the image of Christ. It's Christ that is seen through you. So people can really see much of you. So something that should actually make you angry, you look at it and you smile. And it's not that you are choleric. And as a choleric, you should slap somebody over an issue like that. But you know that Beyond your choleric, you are Christian. Christ lives in you. So you don't respond. Choleric, you tell people your mind as it is, whether they like it or not. I just, I want to have my peace, so I have to give you my peace of mind. So no matter how it will affect your emotion, how you will feel. If for the next one week, you don't feel fine, you won't be okay, I don't care. That's cholerics. They are not sensitive to the needs and the emotions of others. You are crying and he's still insulting you. That's a choleric. You can go to hell. And there are those you have to push and push. My husband, let us go to town next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let us go and meet uh, Pastor Ray for that business discussion. I, I think we, we can make it next week. I'm not in the mood. 
They are always not in the mood. You have to drive them and drive them and drive them. Listen. And when you are dating someone and you are sure that you cannot drive this person for too long, you have to advise yourself. Because you become their motivation. You have to motivate them. They are good people. Because this same person too is a peacemaker. They never get angry. They are fine. The same person who you must drive, he is also a peacemaker. <laughs> if he's in his fine self, he's a peacemaker. He can crack some good jokes for you to laugh. They themselves will not laugh. Just calm and collected. Gentle people. Praise the Lord. Then you have one who is all always excited, super excited. You are happy or you are not happy, he's happy. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't, they don't, they don't, they don't harbor offenses. You offend them, it is going because it, they are just happy 24-7. And so sometimes when you are talking about something serious and they are excited, you don't, you think they don't care, they care, oh, but they are just happy. That's who they are. And such people can, you know, you know, women like jokes. So such people, they can really make you have fun. Excitement. Create a lot of jokes. But this kind of person also, when he returns from work, he removes his shoes from the hall, and then he leaves them there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. He leaves them there. Whoever will take care of it, he doesn't care. And it's not one week every day. <laughs> you talk about it. Oh, I've heard you. I'll do something about it. But the moment he's, he forgets, these people also easily forgive. So while you are getting bored with uh, disturbing him, he also doesn't harbor anything. Anything you do against him yesterday, it's just gone. Melancholics can also be very moody people. Those who are very perfect stuff, they can also be moody so you think, uh, what have I done? For three days now, my wife, she's just cold. What have I done? And you are worrying your head. You've done nothing. It's herself. <laughs> the problem is herself. It's not you. And you see, because you don't know that's what you are dealing with, you are worried. You'll be calling somebody. Pastor, can you call my wife and talk to my wife? Listen, <laughs> nothing will change you because you are dealing with a melancholic. Now, when you mature as a believer, we don't see melancholic, we don't see phlegmatic, we don't see, you know, what we see is Christ. Uh -huh. We see Christ. And when you meet Christ, you see that there's a sense of discipline. Let all things be done in moderation. That's Christ. When you see Christ, you see the fruit of a spirit. There's patience there, there's joy there, there's uh, temperance there, there's a bit of everything is there. That's Christ-like. Am I communicating here? Huh. Usually we don't meet our spouses at that level. Most of the time we meet because spiritual growth is usually in degrees and in stages. Yeah, but you need to know this about yourself. You have to know. Why sometimes you, you just don't feel motivated? Why is it that sometimes you just tell yourself, this is what I'm going to do. And the next one, we, you just you have lost all motivation. You don't feel like reading your Bible. You don't feel like praying. And you are just there. It is telling you something about yourself. Know it. And deal with it. Because if you must go very far, and you live at the mercy of your feelings, you can't go very far. Am I communicating here? Now listen. Also, knowing your partners or your friends. And it's, this is not just about marital relationship. Even with your friends. With your friends. If you have a friend who is a sanguine and you tell him your deepest secrets, you are in trouble. Yeah, because when they are excited, they can say anything. They don't understand what it means to be confidential. But this is your friend who is moody and when he gets moody, doesn't want to see you for three hours. That friend, whatever you tell her is with her till she dies. So God wired us. You see, God wired us in such a way that we can appreciate life from different perspectives and different angles. And sometimes the same differences God placed in us, they can become a source of problem for us. That's why we are talking about values. All right? Then we have unmet expectations. Somebody say unmet expectations. Unmet expectations. This is what Proverbs says. Not getting what you want. 
Proverbs 13, 12, please. Not getting what you want can make you feel sick. And there are some people, they got sick the first week of their marriage and they have not overcome that sickness. Because there was something they were looking forward to. Your expectation is what you are looking forward to. What you are hoping to attain in the marriage. The reason why you said no to Eric but said yes to James is because with James, there's a certain expectation you have and you think it will be met through James. The reason why the engineer came, you bounced him and you chose a doctor is because you feel that with the doctor, there's a certain expectation that can be met. But you also don't know that there is a certain expectation that you can't get it met with a doctor. Am <laughs> I communicating here? Yeah. Yeah. It says, not getting what you want can break your heart. Have you heard somebody say, I have suffered broken heart? You know, people marry and they suffer broken heart. Yeah, because what they were looking forward to is not what they have been served with. You see, life, maturity is not about getting what you want. Maturity is not getting what you want and developing a positive attitude towards it and living with it. That's maturity. Praise God. Yeah. If you got what you want, your character is not tested in any way. But when you don't get what you want, you want sex, your wife says, I'm not in the mood now. If your attitude towards your wife now changes for one week because I'm not in the mood on Monday, it's a sign of your lack of maturity. All right? So people have a lot of unrealistic expectations. Once I marry, I'll be happy. Hey! Who told you? <laughs> what kind of lie is that? <laughs> that you'll be happy because you are married? <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Those who marry will have trouble in the flesh. Is that not what First Corinthians told us? <laughs> the happily ever after is only in novels. Are you with me here? It's only in novels and movies. And these days, because people watch all kinds of silly movies, <laughs> they carry the same thing. Why can't you kiss me like the way the guy is? You see, my, my, my husband is not romantic at all. <laughs> What's your definition of romance? What you saw in that movie? <laughs> there are people who come into marriage and the expectation is that my husband is going to meet all my needs. <laughs> Has all his needs been met? <laughs> Doesn't work. And there are people who come also into marriage expecting their spouses to treat them like their parents treated them. Your mother or your father didn't allow you to sweat for anything. Anything you wanted was given. You just have to name it and it's given. You just have to name it. <laughs> and this young man who is starting life, who <laughs> has a lot of uh, siblings that are looking up to him. This is the firstborn in the family. <laughs> the first one to have a degree. The first one to work with Talu. So, all your expectations, challenge this Talo guy I've met. Talo, we will Talo our destinies together. <laughs> Talo your destinies together. Because you've heard he's on some cool $5,000 a month. And you can imagine what $5,000 can do. You have just planned it all. Every month, you know, when he comes on break, we'll be in Dubai. Sure. <laughs> you don't know the budget on the money. <laughs> so all of a sudden, <laughs> a lady was all excited. Now, hey, <laughs> the money is under pressure. <laughs> Am I communicating somebody here? Yeah, you have to understand. So, there are certain expectations that are just foolish expectations. Praise the Lord. Why should you expect that I'll treat you like your mother treated you, your father treated you? Am I your father? <laughs> the reason why you could say yes to me is because I'm not your father. You couldn't marry me if I was your father. And the same reason is why I cannot treat you the way your father treated you. 
Let me close with seven major areas of marital conflict. Seven major areas of marital conflict. And you can also see it as a relational conflict. Because sometimes when uh, what is said is not understood or what is said is wrongly said, it can be a source of problems. And the first one is communication. And I like the way the King James Version says it. Now, contextually, that's not the meaning, but I like the way he says it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, the context is not, the meaning of it is not the context. But 1 Corinthians, please give me 1 Corinthians 15, 33, King James. He said, be not deceived. Evil communication. Somebody say evil communication. <laughs> evil communication. Corrupt. Good manners. I said the context is not... Here he was talking about relationships. Company, keeping the right company. Blessed is the man that working on the council of That kind of sense. But I like the word evil communication. There is some, something called evil communication. When your communication between you and your spouse is evil, it will bring problems. It will bring problems. And sometimes, some of these communication problems stem out of the fact that we don't simply understand our own differences. The man has gone to work, he's come back, he's tired, and there are a lot of things on his mind. The last thing he wants to do is to be poured all the, how the landlord spoke to you this afternoon and all the things that went on. How one of your trusted friends, whom you trusted, and when you were putting your trust there, your husband was even warning you, you were not listening. How all the things you have told that person, the person has just brought them out and how it has affected your day and how you are messed up. That is too much for a man who is tired and wants to sleep. If he sleeps, don't say my husband here, onim komodi, onim komodi. Evil communication, corrupt, good manners. Sometimes you are saying the right thing, but you are speaking it with the wrong tone. Am I communicating here? You are speaking in a way that is... How you said it. You made him look like a child. And every man, there's something in the man that will resist that. Except he is overclothed with humility. Yeah. Overclothed. Somebody's overclothed. <laughs> Proverbs 15, 1 and 2. A soft answer turning away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Stir up anger. Listen, why the man is angry and he walks away, please let him walk away. After all, he will come back later. But if you want to insist, you must hear me now. You may receive a slap now. The other one is time. Somebody say time. Another source of marital conflict is time. Time, 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 time. Women like time. They want attention. Yeah. They want attention. They want attention. They want attention. When you are with them, they want you to focus on them. Give them the attention. Hear them and all of those things. And it's great to make time. But listen, Madam Woman, if we gave <laughs> If the man spent the whole day with you, there will be nothing on the table. All the dreams you are having, I want us to uh, at least next year you know, the way the world is going now, if we don't take care, stress will kill us. We have to find a way to distress. Distress. It's not bad to distress, but there's a budget for distressing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And because of this distressing plan that you have, the man is also stretching his time to be able to make up for the distress budget. So if he's out most of the time and the children disturb you most of the time and you come, he comes home, you can now come back and be fighting him. Listen, <laughs> he's meeting a target which you have placed on his neck by your desires. Praise the Lord. So you see, there are things you can't... Some people eat their cake and they want to have it. They have their cake and they eat it and they want to have it. It doesn't work like that. We live in a generation where if you are going to marry and enjoy 
marital peace. You have to mature and then you have to understand that there must be a lot of compromises. You can't have it all. You can't have it all. You cannot have every year paid trip abroad to go and chill. When you have not even uh, explored the various story sites in Ghana yet. Because so you went to visit one of your friends and he showed you pictures from Dubai. All your money is Dubai, 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 Dubai. Go to Mole Park. There are things there to see. <laughs> what are you going to see in Dubai? Am I communicating here? Now listen, I believe, I be, I believe in distressing. But you have to start it around you. There are too many interesting places to visit in Ghana. The man may not be able to afford a trip to Dubai. But he can take you comfortably with SCC to Mole. And you'll be there for about one week. That one is not a, a very difficult thing to do. You want to go to Dubai, they will serve you food you, don't, you can't even eat. After two days, you are looking for food to eat. This is your localized appetite. You want to take it to Dubai. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> The Bible said, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Time. 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 One of the most important things in marriage is time. And that is one of the commodities that is very scarce in our days. Time. It's very, very important. Time with your wife, time with your kids, it can make a lot of difference. But the economic factors of our time is robbing us increasingly of time. Praise the Lord. And that's why it's strategic and it's wise that once you cannot have time with your spouse almost every time, occasionally you create some time out. Create some time out. If it's a week away from your job, a month if you can pay for it away from your job, and then you bond with your spouse, it's great. When you come back the next one year, you are off. Yeah, and it's understandable. You know, women can give you a lot of peace if you give them something to look forward to, particularly something good to look forward to. If you give them a very nice picture. <laughs> but be sure you meet it. <laughs> yeah, because if you create the picture and you don't meet it, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, number three is the big M, money. Somebody say money. Ooh, money, 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 money. You don't know how sweet your wife is until you show her some money. Yeah. You see, there are things women love. Yeah. <laughs> and those things are usually not cheap. That's why if you are in, presently in the financial predicament and you are also desiring and thinking of marriage, maybe you should hold on. Yeah, you should hold on. Control. <laughs> yeah. Don't allow your libido to take you where your money cannot sustain you. <laughs> because it can be very, very serious. Yeah, money, 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 money. What to do with money? How to manage money? Now, some people, because they are coming from far and they want to go far, they want to save everything. That can be a source of problem. Is saving bad? It's not bad. But if it is not handled well, it can become a source of problem. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 10, verse 19, a feast is made for laughter. Wine makes merry, but money answers all things. And let me tell you, in marriage, money holds the answer to many things. This one that my wife, for three months, I've not seen her body. Hey, you want to see it? <laughs> There is something you can do. You will see it every day. <laughs> must I pay to see my wife? No, you must not. It's not about pay. 
You want to be happy, make her happy. Is that not it? Yeah, there is something to make her happy. Give her a thousand five to shop. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Come home. <laughs> Come home with the voucher. Hello, dear. I brought this voucher for you. You can go to this shop in the doom. Go there. Whatever you want is on me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When you come back home and she is tired, worn out, energy will come. <laughs> energy will come. <laughs> Don't ask me where it will come from, but it will come. <laughs> but the energy will feel cry again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me leave it there. Of course, our temperament and how we relate with it. That can be a source of contention. Common sources of conflict in relationship are temperaments. When we don't deal with it well. So that's, that's why it becomes important. When First Peter 3 verse 7 says, Likewise, he husbands. And it's not just husbands. I believe that the same goes for wives as well. First Peter 3 verse 7. He said, Likewise, he husbands dwell with them according to what? Dwell with them according to what? Dwell with them according to knowledge. It's not just husbands, it's also wives. Wives, dwell with your husbands according to knowledge. Yeah. Because you are a family of five girls or uh, seven girls, you don't know how to relate with men. You were raised among girls. And so it's a guess, guess game you have grown up with. And the worst thing that happened to you is that when you were also going for secondary school, you went to Wegehe. That's all. If you had an university that was also for guests, you would have attended that one. <laughs> so you went to tech and you went to Africa Hall. And you went to pick a course that had only one boy there <laughs> who has some feminine tendencies. So <laughs> all your life you are surrounded with guests, 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 guests. You don't know how to deal with men. So you need to know, dwell with them according to what? Knowledge. Knowledge, 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 knowledge. Knowing your spouse, communicating with your spouse. Sometimes there are things that are happening around you. She thinks that there's a lot of money, but she doesn't know that the things that are happening are happening because of some relationships. You have to communicate it to her. All right, so that's it. Number five, children. Children, when they are there, they are a blessing. When they are not there, they can also be a source of contention. How to raise the children. Again, the temperament thing comes in. There's somebody who thinks that me, 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 son, yeah, it's true. But you see, who son, no, no, small boy, yeah, more raising the wood, you know. No, be. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Me, my mother raised us five boys. Now, she, I want be free, no. <laughs> Obviously, you can see my type of person. If you don't beat me, you something else will come. And I marry a lady who has come from a family of four girls. So, by all means, our views on what to do with the child will be different. Yeah, me, the language I understood. <laughs> Spare not the rod and spoil the child. That's all. <laughs> The language she understands may be different. What's our objective, you see? So you look at the bigger picture. What's our objective? Our objective is to be able to raise an excellent child. All right? Raise a child who is well-rounded. A child that is established with godly values, sound values that can help the child to succeed. So you may never have been keen in your childhood. I have been keen all my life in my childhood. Where do we meet the balance so that our own child doesn't go. Because your mother raised you and after your mother raised you without caning you, there are issues I'm dealing with as your husband. After my mother raised me, after caning me so much, there are still issues you are dealing with me as your husband. So, by all means, those experiences cannot be the perfect model for us to follow. In our context, and in any case, 
When my mother was raising me, we didn't have mobile phone. There was no mobile phone. To now be on Facebook, user, listen, I mean, they came home two weeks after coming home, my Wi-Fi data is finished. <laughs> I told them we are not recharging again until you go back to school. You understand what I'm saying? So, so the dynamics are too different. And we need to understand that, for instance, I mean, I was raised with a lot of uh, heavy discipline. It's helped me in a way. But in the generation where we are in, if you raise a child with a lot of shouting, with a lot of beating, you will end up making the child lack confidence and self-esteem. So they are not able to take certain decisions on their own. Am I communicating here? So you can't just go that, ah, this is the way. There are some parents who actually went to schools and they fought the school. Why? Because they've removed corporal punishment. As if that's the only punishment that can make a child become great. But when you look at scripture, what scripture says is always important. It said, foolishness is bound to the heart of a child. The rod of correction shall drive it away. It shall drive it what? Away. Somebody say, away. away. But see, that, that rod of correction is not just cane. Sometimes the correction can come from instruction. Sometimes it can come from denying the child of some things. Sometimes it can come from awarding the other child who is compliant and they're leaving this one. All of these are means of dealing. But once it becomes one way and it has to be my way or no other way, then you, are, you have a battle to deal with. Of course, this one is another major one when it comes to us as Africans and Ghanaians for that matter. External relations. Somebody say external relations. Yeah, when I talk about external relations, I'm talking about your mother-in-law, your father-in-law. What do I do with them? External relations. It doesn't work like that. This is not Europe where I meet you at a, a restaurant. You look good. I look good. No, 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 no. You see what happened yesterday? Your parents traveled all the way from Accra. They came. And you, all of us, we came and we sat there. When something is going on and you want to say something, say, hey, you are not part of this. It doesn't work like that. Africa, you marry a man, you marry the whole family. No, 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 you better understand that one now. Take your seat. You better understand that one. You marry me. How can you marry me? Say, you don't like my mother. You, you, you are not correct. You don't like my mother. Where did I come from? Did I jump from the sky? No, 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 no. You better think twice. You must like my mother. Pretend to like her. As long as I'm your husband. Pretend to like her. You better like her. No, 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 no. Listen. If you make your in-laws your enemy, you will never know peace. And by the way, the fact that your in-laws are your enemy is an indication that you don't even understand honor. Because the Bible says, honor your father and your mother. That it may be well with you. No wonder you are frustrated. Honor your mother and your father. Your mother, you honor them. But your spouse's mother, you think they don't deserve honor. That's the way you manage that relationship anyway. Amen? Yeah. That's the way you manage the relationship. My mother respects my wife fully. Because I make her respect her. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Your, your, you see, your... Your mother cannot disrespect your spouse without your permission. Yes. Minister Law, if your mother has problems with Tilly, now you call some. No, 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 now you call some. Now you call some. Any man, no matter, hey, Uma Media, why you bay for? Me, mommy, you bay for. Now then, you won't come. No, no, no. Okay, why you bay for? What does your Bible say? Love your enemies. Let me close with sex. Somebody say sex. Any under age here? <laughs> I won't say much. I won't say much. Sex. Too much or too little can cause problems. Me kunu di anadubi opesu odinami so no onye den.
Men are you here? <laughs> Listen, if you are a woman and if you are married, it's one of the major differences between men and women. As for a man, sex is a big deal. It's a big deal. Oh, and yet maybe are very few of them. Very few of them. And those people usually they don't marry. <laughs> so as for <laughs> so those who marry dear. <laughs> it's a major need. No matter what you give him in his stomach, if you don't feed that part of his body, <laughs> you have problem. Praise the Lord. You have it. So 1 Corinthians 4 said, do not deprive if you don't want trouble. 1 Corinthians, you know, Paul talked about you have trouble in the flesh. And he's warning you, if you don't want this trouble to increase, this is one area you have to be careful. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. He says, do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time. So, you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. So, if it's not prayer and fasting every day, allow. A limited and he has given you the purpose for it. Prayer, Prayer and fasting. <laughs> yeah. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15 to 19. Proverbs chapter 5. Drink water from your own well. Somebody say your own well. You know, Paul was speaking in 1 Corinthians and he said, um, if it is possible, all men should be like him. But he knows that not everybody can handle it. Then he says, because of this, in order to avoid fornication, make sure that every man has his own wife. So one of the reasons, one of the reasons for having a wife is to avoid fornication. Wife, how would a man avoid fornication if you are not ready to meet him when he needs it? That's some fornication. The women now them cause them. Of course, I'm not saying that, Mr. Man. If uh, she has a challenge, she must rise up to the occasion by all means. No. Because self-control is part of the fruit of the spirit. Am I communicating here? Yeah. But a woman who is married, one week will pass. And you are not showing up there. Something is wrong. Unless you are sick. One week has passed. Ah! No, it's not fine. <laughs> it's not fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. Am I communicating here? Yeah, it's not fine. He said, drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Verse 16. Why spill the water of your springs on the street, having sex with just anyone? You should reserve it for yourselves. So, when he reserves it for you, and the barrel is full. Never share it with strangers. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving dear, a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be cultivated by her. Am I communicating here? Yeah. Of course, if you are also going to have sex as and when you need it as a man, uh, she must also enjoy it. There are some men, every sex time is enduring time for their wives. Yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't understand anything. <laughs> he doesn't understand. You see, you have to dwell with them according to knowledge. 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 I will end it there. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me. 
In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. No,